Some while ago, a few years before he died, Joe Silverman chose a slow midweek morning to do some heavy shifting round the office. Clear away the bits of orange peel and chewed pencil ends from under the filing cabinet. So he was wearing jeans and a Sticky Fingers T-shirt and had built up a sweat and hadn't shaved was everything, in fact, that the well-dressed private detective shouldn't be when four million pounds came calling. Or forty million, he wanted to get technical, if last year's rich list could be trusted. Is there's a bad time? Joe looked down at his grimy clothing. I've been undercover, but I'm free right now. He showed Russell Candy into the inner sanctum, which was more of a mess than when it started. Zoe was out. Joe had given up asking. When she was here, she was brain deep in the computer. And when she wasn't, she was somewhere else. I should have made an appointment. Oh, that's all right, Mr Candy. For you, I have time. Candy didn't look surprised Joe knew who he was. Oxford didn't have so many residents with £40 million plus that the local paper ignored them, and even less so that Joe had time for him. It would be an attitude he was used to. He was fifty or thereabouts, not much older than Joe, and his face was deeply lined, as if each million had scored its passage there. Anyone else, or anyone else with his money, might have done something about his hair, too, which had a gone-tomorrow look, and was flecked with probably dandruff, though Joe wasn't a hair expert. His suit looked expensive, or at least fresh on, and his shoes were buffed to reflective glory. Joe plucked a jar of instant from the shelf in the corner and waggled it invitingly. I'm out of the real stuff, he apologised, and then added, Coffee in case Russell Candy thought he meant heroin. Take a seat. How can I help? Candy took the visitor's chair. No coffee for me, thanks. Tea? Water? Nothing. Thank you. So Joe decided he didn't want coffee either, and sat behind his desk instead. But you need a detective, he said. Oxford Investigations, Candy said. You're in the book. We have a growing reputation. And you're handy. I live just up the road. Joe nodded, as if that had been part of his plan. I've been here a while. How can I help you, Mr Candy? You have a problem? It's not a problem, as such. More like an errand. An errand? A delivery. A collection and a delivery. Like... A courier service. Pretty much. But I'll pay your usual rates. Don't worry about that. Joe said, Oh, I'm not worried, Mr Candy. <laughs> I'm sure you can afford my rates. Good. I'm just wondering why, if you need a courier service, you hire a private detective. Well, said Candy, there's the thing. Last time Joe had seen Russell Candy's picture in the paper, he was getting married. Though without the caption, you'd have thought he'd been giving his daughter away. There were eight years between Joe himself and Zoe, or six, 
once he'd rounded her up and rounded him down. You could adjust for decades, in Candy's case. There'd still be a twenty-year gap. It was to do with money, of course. Unless it was to do with whatever quality had allowed Candy to earn the money in the first place. But in the long run, it was to do with money. Joe wondered what it would be like being Russell Candy rich. So rich, you not only didn't have to worry about your future, but could afford to stop regretting your past. Anyway, a good slab of Candy's wealth sat on Joe's desk now, in a padded envelope, which made Joe a lot richer than an hour ago, even if the money wasn't his. Odd thing, he thought, digging scissors from a drawer. If Joe had been, whatever, a geography teacher or something, it wasn't likely a passing millionaire would have trusted him with. He sliced the envelope, spilling cash onto the desk, what looked like many thousands of pounds. But being a private detective put him in a world where such things happened. To be sure, Candy had told him not to open the envelope. It wasn't like he was pretending it didn't have money in it. But that had definitely been the instruction. Only how Joe worked, he had a mantra. What would Marlowe do? Would Philip Marlowe have opened the envelope? Hell yes. So, that's what Joe had done. And here it all was. Bundled twenties and bundled fifties. All in used notes, obviously. Nobody wanted clean money these days. It took him half an hour to count. And the number he came up with, or at least the number more or less halfway between the different totals he reached, was 100,000. More than he'd ever seen in one place.